Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. in and we're going to go into his word and I encourage you to listen carefully this morning. I am convinced that it's a scam. It's a ploy. It's nothing more than a well-disguised trick used to get a respite and a break from the barrage of sound that emanates out of the room of a uh, classroom full of second graders. Uh, It's a scam. It's a ploy. I'm talking about my least favorite kids game in all the world because, see, this game, it cannot hold a candle to the beauty and the intricacies of the games like uh, Duck, Duck, Goose and uh, Freeze Tag and and those kind of beautiful games. Maybe the beauty of Simon Says. And it doesn't have any adrenaline involved like games like uh, Red Rover, Red Rover. Let the weakest slow guy come over because otherwise you'll bring my arms in. Uh, it doesn't hold the, the adrenaline rush and the fear of death like dodgeball, uh, which we used to play with Frisbees, believe it or not. I had a stupid wrestling coach, and that's what we did. Uh, it, it, it's my least favorite kid's game of all. Here is, here's the contest. Here, here, here it is in all of its... It's simplicity that I hate. Don't move. Don't make a noise. Great. This is exciting, isn't it? The quiet game. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. In fact, uh, it's probably why I there's this direct correlation of my my lack of love for the quiet game that now makes me hate when somebody gives me the quiet treatment the cold shoulder nobody ever does that to me uh see i saw i caught it when her head was down y'all pray for me because i'm gonna get this i'm gonna get i'm gonna get silent treatment the rest of the day so i didn't look that way y'all just acted like i looked that way it's on you so I, i don't like i don't like the quiet treatment now here's the problem here's the problem uh that i've discovered Uh, One of the facts of life as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, is this. There seem to be long seasons of silence when we deal with God. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Uh, Maybe you've got that red bat phone that you just get to pick up and say, God, and he just answers you all the time. All right? So I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking about me. There seems to be these long, prolonged seasons of silence. I... uh, God seems, for some reason, to love the quiet game. And not only that, he seems to be the world's best quiet game player. Have you ever noticed? He, he, he seems to be quiet. Uh, let me tell you what I prefer. I prefer the moments in my walk with God where I can hear him clearly. Anybody else? Uh, I, I much prefer the seasons when at every turn, it seems like everywhere I go, I, I can be watching a TV show and hear God. I mean, I can be watching a game show, Family Feud, I don't know what you call $55,000 pyramid, and all of a sudden it's like 
Thus saith the Lord, out of a stupid game show. It's just like everywhere I turn, do you hear a commercial on the radio and God says, I'm telling you. I prefer it like that. I prefer those seasons. I prefer it when his voice is easily discernible and his voice is easy, easily recognizable. Now, the dilemma is, is that most of the time that's not what my life is like. I know y'all think I glow in the dark and like I got God boxed up at my house and I just bring him to y'all every week. But the truth is, is that that's not what my life is like. The truth is, is I found my life in Scripture that, uh, over the last few weeks. About three weeks ago, I was riding in my car listening to Scripture on, on Fast Forward. Y'all ever do that? Because you can get through a whole lot of it. And i gotta get a, I got to get through a whole lot of it because I'm on an assignment for something I'll tell you all about later. But but I'm listening at warp speed. And, and over the, the Mickey Mouse uh, uh, chipmunk's voice, he reads Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 22. And I go, that's my life right there. And I had to stop it down, slow it up, and listen again. Because... Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 22, describes this. He says, talking about God, He spoke in a tremendous voice from the fire and the cloud and the dark mist. Anybody ever experienced that, where it's like thunder and lightning all the time and you hear from God? Ever Have you? I have, right? So I'm liking that part. And then he says this, and that was it. No more words. Ever experienced that? Where... Every service you go to, you hear God. Every altar time you spend, it's like the voice of God is there. Every person you speak to, they say something, and it resonates that this is God. Ever felt like that, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, nothing. Nothing. Silence suffocates. Nothing. When you pray, it's like your prayers bounce off the ceiling and come back at you, ceilings of brass. Ever, ever felt like you're praying and that the heaven is brass and it just bounces back to you? Am I the only one? Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. Am I the only one that's ever experienced where I pray and I pray and I pray and I hear squat, nothing, nothing. And I go, God, are you there? Do you even care? thought we were in this together nothing he seems unreachable he seems untouchable and it doesn't really matter if it's a 400 year long season of silence like the Israelites experienced or whether it's a four month silence the truth is this I hate it when it seems like God is playing the quiet game with me I hate it but over the course of the next few weeks what I want to do is I want to talk to you because I think it's probably one of the key issues for every believer's life is this. How do we hear from God when it doesn't seem like he's talking? What do we do? Uh, if his word is correct, and I believe it is, his word declares that we don't live on bread alone, but we live on the word of God. So if it's his word that sustains us through life, then isn't it, isn't it also essential that we hear his word? So for your consideration this morning, what I want to do is I want to take you as as uh, as kind of a backdrop to kick this thing off, I want this to be the passage, the, 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 the account, if you will, that we use as kind of a jumping off point. It's First Samuel. It's a very familiar portion of Scripture. You know this account, um, but I want to read it to you again. This is what we're going to consider this morning. First Samuel chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, and we're going to read through verse 10 and, and, and learn some lessons out of this. It says this, The boy Samuel was serving God under Eli's d direction, and this was at a time when the revelation of God was rarely heard or seen. 
out of a different version. It says this, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. So one night, Eli was sound asleep. His eyesight was very bad. He could hardly see. That is an interesting little statement there. I'm not even sure why God considered adding that because I don't really care if Eli can see or not. He was sound asleep. But for whatever reason, God says, I, I, maybe he's talking spiritually. That's free. He could hardly see. It was well before dawn. The sanctuary lamp was still burning. Samuel was still in bed in the temple of God where the chest of God res, uh, um, rested. And then God called out, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, yes, I'm here. Then he ran to Eli saying, I heard you call, here I am. And Eli said, I didn't call you, go back to bed. And so he did. God called again, Samuel, Samuel. God, Samuel got up and went to Eli, I heard you call, here I am. And again Eli said, son, I didn't call you, go back to bed. This all happened before Samuel knew God for himself. It was before the revelation of God had been given to him personally, and God called again. Samuel, the third time, and yet again, Samuel got up, and he went to Eli. Yes, I heard you call me. Here I am. And that's when it dawned on Eli that God was calling the boy. So Eli directed Samuel, go back and lie down. And if the voice calls again, say, speak, God. I'm your servant, ready to listen. And Samuel returned to his bed. Then God came and stood before him exactly as before, calling out, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, I am your servant, ready to listen. I want to talk about three things that we need to learn out of this passage, probably more than that, but three specific things that I want to draw your attention to. Now, before I tell you the first one, let me make this statement. I recognize that in this passage that I read to you, when it says the word of God was precious, uh, it's it's a word that we don't use quite like that now. Uh, precious to me, to, to us, means it's special, it's significant. And although there are implications, and we're going to use that as the implication here, in this particular account, when it says that the word of God is precious, it's literally saying that the word of God was scarce. In fact, what we do is we read this passage and we focus so d directly on hearing God that we miss the context of which we are reading, in which we're reading this. The context is this. It's been a long time since God has spoken. And what we're reading is the breaking of that silence. And so we need to learn some lessons. I believe that one of the things that we need to learn, I'm going to say this, I'll come back to it, not going to dwell too long, I'll come back to it in a minute, is this. His voice, if we're going to learn to hear God, his voice must become precious again. Now, let me make some statements. We know that Israel is in a long, prolonged period of silence in this, in this, uh, this account because Eli, the high priest, and his sons are sinful, right? You know the account, right? Eli and his sons, the high priest and his sons, they were out of control. They were doing despicable things in the temple. They were using the sacrifices for themselves. They were sleeping with the temple uh, attendants. It was, it was ridiculous what was going on. And Eli wouldn't stop his sons. And so what we learn is that God grows quiet because Eli and his sons quieted God. And I'm going to help you here this morning because God, I need you to understand that one of the reasons that we go through silence, so these prolonged seasons of silence with God, is because God grows quiet when we don't obey 
his obvious word. Some of us want fresh word from God, and we haven't even obeyed previous word from God, and God will go silent on you, waiting on you to fulfill what he's already told you. And so word has already gone out that Eli and his sons were not living righteously and Eli wouldn't do anything about it. So God says, you know what? I'm not talking to you anymore. Do I need to make that? Okay. (laughs) I just wondered. I just wondered if you were with me this morning. See, God grows quiet when, when we begin to treat his word as ordinary. When we hear God's voice, we must obey so that the channels of communication remain open. So, so what I'm saying to you is that we have to once again position ourselves so that we highly esteem and highly value the word and the voice of God. So it doesn't matter to me whether you have had a prolonged season of silence or whether you just heard him last week. The truth is this, we must position ourselves in an attitude of honor and an attitude of esteem towards his word. Because his his word, I, I recognize the double meaning, but I want to say it like this, his word must become precious to us or it will become precious. Okay, you missed it. We, we've got to position ourselves so that when we hear his voice, we don't just take it or leave it, treat it as common, treat it as ordinary. Or if we refuse to treat his word as precious, it will become the other meaning of precious, scarce. He will grow quiet on us. Uh, if we would learn to treat his word as if it was scarce, then what would take place is we would learn to, to hear God when he speaks softly because we would be esteeming his voice and listening carefully as if our life depended on it. Because, see, we live our life as if my life depends on Walmart. And my life depends on my 401k, or my life depends on my house, or my life depends on my car. And and so we treat his word as if it's common and ordinary. But if we would lean in and understand that his word is precious, we would hear him again. The the second thing I recognize is this, and and this one is is a mystery to me, and and I'll get into the mystery in a second. but, but, But I believe that we all need sound advice sound advice because when I read this account it blows my mind because for all of Eli's flaws he was one jacked up dude his house was completely out of control for all of his flaws and all of his spiritual shortcomings he somehow it took a little bit but but somehow he was able to give Samuel sound advice and we need people in our lives that, that, that give us sound advice. We need people in our lives that will say this to us, listen again. Go back and listen again. Eli was able to give Samuel instructions on how to position himself to hear the voice of God. You need somebody in your life that can help you and position you and call you on the carpet when you're not positioned correctly. To hear God's voice. Uh, Eli taught Samuel this fact, and I want to teach you this fact. You already know this fact, but I want to teach it to you anyway. I just want to, this is, this is like uh, we're practicing for the test, all right? We're, we're just revisiting some stuff you should know. But, but Eli taught Samuel that God is speaking. God is speaking. 
In fact, Jesus talking about God speaking, we're told in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus tells us this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word coming out of the mouth of God. So God is consistently speaking. You do understand that in the King James it reads like this, we don't live on bread alone, we live, we live on every word that is that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. In the Greek, what it's literally making reference to is this, it's, it's this idea that, that it's a continued action. It's this idea that God spoke in the past, yes, and that God is speaking presently right now, yes, but that God will also continue to, to speak in the future. So God is continually, consistently speaking. I need to give you some sound advice this morning that God is consistently speaking. He is consistently calling your name. He is consistently trying to communicate with you. Y'all don't seem to be excited about that, but do you, you understand what I'm saying? That the God of the universe, the God that has everything that you need, the God that has all resources at his fingertips, the God that knows you. In fact, he knows your tomorrow before you get there. He knew the beginning from the end. He's got your whole life mapped out. And when you're going through days and don't know what to do, it ought to make you excited this morning to know that God is consistently trying to get your attention and consistently trying to call on you and talk to you and speak to you consistently over and over and over again. But not only that, the second thing that ought to excite you is that not only did that Eli teach Samuel that, that God is consistently speaking, this account shows us that he was taught this lesson. He's not only consistently speaking, he's persistently seeking and speaking to you. Not just consistently, but persistently. Okay. So whether it's the example that we have from the prophets of old speaking for God, whether it's the canopy of Scripture that we have at constant availability, or maybe it's the daily deluge of preachers that you listen to on a daily basis, we can conclude this fact. God is persistently speaking to us all the time. He's chasing us with his word. Y'all missed that? that? That's not in your notes. I need you to catch that again. God is chasing you with his word. Samuel experiences this. He misses God's voice not once, not twice, but three times. Surely I got some baseball fans in the room that understand that on the third strike, you're out, right? After three times of going, man, I don't hear, I've been trying to talk to this boy and he doesn't even know it's me. I, you're out. I'll go find somebody else. Surely there was somebody else he could have picked and said, I'll pick them. But again, over and over and over again, the word of God comes to Samuel. He persistently speaks to him. That ought to be good news for you. Because how many times have you missed God's voice? Not once. Not twice. Not even three times. I mean, God's up in heaven going, hello, McFly, are you home? I'm calling you. I'm, I'm some of y'all young folks are, who's McFly? Uh, no idea. Deprived, depraved. Um, over and over and over and over again, persistently God is trying to reach out to you. He wants to have conversation with you. And I'm thankful this morning. Because, see, a lot of times our schedule interferes with our hearing and distractions distract us and pain overwhelms us and hard-heartedness gets in the way and our own stubbornness gets in the way. I'm just talking about me. And our opinions get in the way. 
and there's this crescendo of other voices and all this noise in our life. And I'm thankful that God is consistently and persistently pursuing us and that he so desperately wants to have a conversation with us that even when we miss him over and over and over and over and over again, he's still trying to get our attention and speak to us. So, so I, I can conclude from this then that silence is a result not of God not speaking. Silence is not a result of God not speaking. Silence is a result of our refusal or sometimes our unwillingness or sometimes our just apathetic approach to not correctly positioning ourselves to hear. Some of us don't hear because we don't want to hear. Some of us don't hear because we won't position ourselves to hear. He's consistently and persistently trying to speak to us. So if we're not hearing him, it's not because he's not talking. It's because we're not hearing. Um, Elijah learned this lesson. He learned it in a cave. And, and I'm, I'm not going to read it to you. I just want to reference in 1 Kings chapter 19. You know the account. Elijah's in a cage. A fire goes by. Because God, we think God always wants to speak out of like lightning and thunder. Like, boom, here I am. Nothing. And then a whirlwind goes by. And still no voice. And then all of a sudden, Elijah discovers that there are seasons in your life when you have to slow down. And you have to focus and you have to lean in. And in those slow down moments, you will hear the consistent, persistent, still, small voice calling out to God. Most of us don't hear, not because God's not talking. Most of us don't hear because he can't get in a, a word edgewise. And he speaks in a still, small voice. And we miss him. So let me give you some sound advice this morning. Listen again. It, Maybe you've been going through a, a year-long silence and you can't seem to hear God. Let me give you some sound advice. Slow down. Pull out. Pull away. Go away somewhere. You, you, turn off the radio. Turn off the TV. Turn off Facebook. Get away and lean in and see if you don't hear that still, steady voice calling out to you. Last, I, I, I just need to tell you that I have discovered, this may be the most important lesson today I want to teach you. I have discovered that God throws his voice. We often think that we are experiencing the silent treatment when the truth is, is that God is simply throwing his voice. You say, well, what are you talking about? Three times in this account that I read to you, on three separate occasion, occasions, God calls Samuel by name, and watch what happens. He is absolutely convinced that it is Eli calling his name. In fact, he gets up and interrupts Eli's sleep. That's a bad day. You interrupted my sleep. Not once. Three different occasions. You walk into my bedroom. I'm, I'm snoozing. It's taken me all night to get to sleep. And now, all of a sudden, you want to come... But on three separate occasions, God calls Samuel's name, and Samuel is convinced it's Eli. So I have a question. If Samuel thought he heard Eli, but he was hearing God, 
then my question is this. Could it be that at times when he heard Eli, he was hearing God? Y'all missed it. You missed it totally. It went, it went like Labor Day hangover. just went. Could it be that Samuel missed the voice of God because he thought the voice of God was Eli? So could it be he made that mistake because there were times when he heard Eli that he was actually hearing God? I have come to a conclusion. God is the most accomplished ventriloquist in the world. What I have learned is this. When God talks, oftentimes his lips don't move. But I also have learned that when he talks, other people's lips move. Here's the truth we need to learn. God actually speaks through people whose voice we do recognize. Okay, I'm getting ready to mess with some of y'all bad. Okay, because too many of us miss God's voice because we refuse to hear it when it is disguised in someone else's voice. Especially if that voice is a voice that we don't prefer. Especially when that voice comes through a voice that we don't esteem. It is in those moments when God throws his voice through voices that we don't like that we tend to say God's being silent. No, he just used their lips. Okay, all right, I, here's my problem. I want you to think about the situation that Samuel finds himself in. He's not like in the, in the household with a holy priest. He's not like in the household with um, like T.D. Jake, somebody that can pe preach the paint off the walls. He, he's not in the house with somebody that glows in the dark because they're so holy and righteous. He's in the house with a priest that is all messed up, that's all used up, that is sinful, that is lazy, that cannot hear God's voice for himself. And yet God speaks through Eli to get to Okay, y'all missed, uh, missed it. You missed it, you missed it, you missed it because Eli isn't righteous. See, so what does that mean? That, well, that means that when your wife is talking, uh, I knew I knew on the side, I couldn't preach this when everybody's here. I had to let some people go on vacation on Labor Day because not everybody can handle this truth. When, when your wife is, is saying the words, her lips are moving. But, but maybe it's God talking. Okay. Um, that means when your parents, oh, shoot. That means when your parents are talking, if you're not careful, you'll miss the voice of God because he's throwing his voice through them. That means when your filthy mouth, obnoxious boss is running his mouth, you've got to listen carefully. Because through all the filth, you push it all aside, there may be the voice of God. That, that, that means when that annoying professor 
or that antagonistic doormate or that neighbor that won't keep his dog out of your yard. God is speaking, but he just tends to throw his voice and we miss him. So my question for you simply this morning is this. Whose voice is he using in your life? Because some of you think that you're ignoring mom and you're actually ignoring your father. You missed it. Some of you are ignoring your mom, but you're actually ignoring your father. That one of the cues. He throws his voice. Some of us turn a deaf ear to God because God chooses to use a recognizable voice and when we refuse to hear the God voice in them, we silence God. I'm asking you to take stock of your own life right now. Don't amen me for the person sitting next to you. Who voice does God use in your life and you fail to recognize it as God because it's not your preferred voice and it's not an esteemed voice and so you hear them and it sounds like nagging but it's the voice here's what I think Samuel teaches us Eli teaches Samuel this Samuel obeys I think we've got to come back to the place where we respond like Samuel here's how we should respond God speak I'm your servant I'm ready to listen notice that there were no qualifications or stipulations put on this it wasn't I will listen to you if you sound like my favorite preacher because you all got them and I don't sound like them so this must not be God talking because I don't sound like your favorite preacher no no stipulations no qualifications I'm here. I'm your servant. Speak to me. If you want to use a donkey, and you do every Sunday morning at our church, that's all right. Because I will listen so carefully and so closely that I'll be able to lean in, and I will discover this. The tone of voice doesn't matter. What matters is the source of the voice. And so I can hear the voice come out of my wife, and it sounds like my wife, but I can push past the tone, not that she ever uses a bad tone, but that I can push past the tone. I didn't say that. They said that. You never use a bad tone with me. They, it's them, not me. It's, it's going to be quiet around my house today. I'm just telling you, I've, I learned a long time ago that God sounds a lot like Julie. It's not the tone, it's the source. And I just want to challenge you this morning that we have got to get back to this place where we will allow God to speak through whoever he chooses to speak through, whether we like the, 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 the person he uses or not. We, we lean in, and when they're speaking, if there's truth in what they're saying, we go, man, that was God. So, what I want us to do this morning as we kick this thing off and next week what we're going to do over the next two weeks in fact I'm going to talk to you about hearing aids things that we have to have present in our life to help us position ourselves correctly so we can hear but but what I, I think we need to do this morning is I need I think we need to put into practice what what I'm talking about 
So what I want us to do is I want us to take some time and listen. I want us to quiet down. Kim's going to come to the keyboard. Julie's going to go and sing softly. But, but I really want us to learn to reposition ourselves. And, and this is what I want you to practice this morning. I want you to, whether it's at the altar or at your chair, you turn and kneel, whatever. We're just going to spend some, a few moments. And I, and I want you to ask God, forget all your requests. I just want you to say this. God, I'm here. God, I'm here. I'm listening. That's it. In the process of praying that prayer, let me just give you one more piece of sound advice. In the process of that that prayer, there will be some of you that are going to need to go back to recognizable voices and apologize. And you're going to have to go to them and say, you were talking
asked you to speak. Together, collectively, we say we're here, Father. Speak, we'll listen. Give direction, we'll follow. Pursue us with your voice. Pursue us with your voice, oh God. Help us to listen carefully, God. this morning is simply this over this group of individuals I pray that even in quiet seasons even in quiet seasons we would learn to distinguish and recognize your voice God, I pray that in each life represented here, we would make your voice precious again. God, I pray that you would use people to speak words of life into us. God, I pray that we would be quick to recognize the source of the voice. And God, I pray that you would help us to give others sound advice and when we run into people that are experiencing a quiet season of their own I pray that we would be the folks that would encourage them tell them to listen again to listen again to listen again so as a church this morning we pray like this here we are, Lord. Will your servants speak? Speak to us, we pray. Speak to us, we pray. Speak to us.
after me. Here I am, Lord, your servant. Speak. I'm ready to listen. Father, may that be the posture we take all week long as we lean in to try to hear from you. And we'll give you glory in Jesus' name. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.